0: I'm Derek Walker, I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today we're starting a new series called Seeking the Face of the Lord. You know, seeking God's is actually the foundation for our whole life and our whole success. It's essential if we are gonna find and fulfill our destiny in life that we seek the Lord. And today we're gonna see the benefits of seeking the Lord so that that will help to motivate us to do this. We are gonna find out why it's so vital for us to seek him with all of our heart uh, and this will keep us motivated because you know there are so many other things claiming our attention that it would be so easy uh, if we're not careful we will not make it our first priority to seek god psalm 105 he says oh give thanks to the lord call upon his name make known his deeds among the people sing to him sing psalms to him talk of all his wondrous works glory in his holy name let the hearts of those Rejoice who seek the Lord, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face for evermore. And verse 3 says that if we seek the Lord, our hearts will rejoice, will fill with joy. It says that we should seek the Lord for himself, we seek his face. We, We don't do it for things, we seek the Lord for himself. We should seek his presence before we seek his presence. Verse 4 gives a more detailed description of what seeking God consists of. It reveals there are two parts to the whole, like two sides of a coin. It says that we should seek his face and that we should seek his strength. His strength, that is, his hand, the hand of his strength, the hand of his power uh, upon us and within us. To seek his face means we seek face-to-face, intimate, direct, unveiled intimacy with him. We mustn't be just satisfied to know about him, but to know him personally, as he is in himself. And we're also to seek his strength, that is to experience his hand upon us, within us. That What is the hand of the Lord? It's his spirit, filling our hearts with his love, joy, peace, his presence, his wisdom, his power. But then he says what we should. what should come first? It says, seek his face forevermore. So that's the priority. Because in fact, when we seek his face, he will reveal himself to us more and more. And we will experience the hand of his strength coming upon us, coming into our hearts, filling our hearts with his life. So that we will come to know him directly as our strength. As as our life, as our joy, as our wisdom, as our victory. One of my favorite verses on this is Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. You see, if you want to reign in life as a king, the key is to get your heart into his hands into the hand of the Lord and that's what happens when you seek him you lift up your soul to him you lift up your heart to him and you put your heart in his hand and when your heart is in his hand the hand of the Lord comes upon you his strength his wisdom and that's when you can begin to really reign in life as a king you see and when it says the hand of the Lord it's talking about actually the Holy Spirit the hand of the Lord the Holy Spirit will fill our hearts with his love and life and power. And that will happen when we seek him. We desire him, we seek him, we love him, and we receive. And when we do that, we receive his hand coming upon our life, his spirit filling us. And he says that it's like rivers of living water. The hand of the Lord is like rivers of living water. That means that the hand of the Lord in our heart manifests himself as rivers of living water Uh, as Jesus said if anyone thirsts let him come to me and so the first thing is to come to him to seek him and at, at the same time then we drink come to me and drink and the drinking is receiving the hand of the Lord coming upon our heart as we seek him and he says as we receive his spirit as we drink It says, he who believes in me, the result will be that out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's the hand of the Lord now, taking hold of your heart and flowing out of your heart as rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the spirit. And then the Lord, it says, will then turn our heart wherever he wants. He uses those rivers, those rivers of wisdom and, and love to direct our life in the way we should go. That's the hand of the Lord upon us. And so we're to seek, to seek God and put our hearts in his hand so that his rivers flow through us and his rivers start directing our life. So that means that seeking God and putting our heart in his hand involves a surrender of our heart to him. That's why some people withdraw from doing that because we have to lose our independence. So I want to give you an illustration of this by by using this glove, this kitchen glove. And um, this glove, let this be a picture of our heart, you know. This glove is not designed to be just empty. And in the same way, our heart is not designed to be just empty and operate on its own strength. On its own, this glove cannot do very much. All it can do is just flap around. And without the strength of the Lord in us, we can achieve very much. We can't get hold of anything. We can't exercise dominion over anything. We can't do anything. This glove isn't meant to operate on its own. It's designed to be filled and controlled by a hand, by the hand of the Lord. And likewise, um, we need to have our hearts in the hand of the Lord. Uh, You know, without the hand of the Lord, we just flap around worrying about things. But as we seek God, what is happening is, as we seek God, that's our heart, opening itself up to God, seeking God, and as we seek God, his hand comes and fills our heart and takes control of our heart. You see, as we seek God, we're inviting his hand to fill us, and his strength now comes into us and empowers, and now I can receive things, I can exercise dominion in my life as a king, I, my heart now rather than being dead, is now full of power. It comes to life. And as the hand of the Lord comes, His strength comes in us, His wisdom comes in us, and and it's like these different fingers, it's like His wisdom, His power, His love, joy, peace, begins to fill our hearts. It's interesting what the next verse says. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. You see, everyone assumes that what they uh, think in their heart is right. But the issue is, what have you allowed to fill up your heart? Is there any weight there? You see, without the hand of the Lord, our heart is empty. It doesn't weigh very much. It's full of vanity. There's no substance to your thoughts. You're a lightweight. But if you surrender your heart and the hand of the Lord fills it, now your heart is full of weight. It's full of glory. It's full of substance. And now... The the Lord weighs the heart. He knows how much of your heart you've surrendered to him. And so it says in Ezra, the hand of of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. You see, if you seek him, then the hand of the Lord comes upon you. But his power and wrath are against all those who forsake him. So the bottom line issue of your life is, are you seeking him? If you're not, you're forsaking him in your heart and the hand of the Lord is not with you. But the hand of the Lord will produce good in your life. So when we seek the Lord in his hand of strength, we lift our heart to him and we invite his hand to come upon us, to fill us and direct us. To use a romantic analogy, which we can because we are the bride of Christ, a woman seeking face-to-face intimacy with her man is seeking to be kissed. And this is how the Song of Solomon actually begins in chapter 1. He says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. She wants that intimacy, face-to-face intimacy. And what happens as a result of entering into a kiss is that his strong hand now comes upon her to hold her tight, to hold her close to him. And she talks about that later in in chapter 2. He says, his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. And so this is the picture of that romantic encounter with the Lord. That he, his ha- as we seek that intimacy, his hand comes upon us and holds us and directs us and strengthens us. Hosea says, break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. And so he says, if you seek the Lord, what happens is he releases his hand, he releases the rain of his spirit to into your heart, to soften your heart, to make your heart fruitful. Of course, Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these natural things, the things that you seek in this life, all these things will be added to you. He says the Gentiles, you know, they're worried and they're seeking all those natural things in life. And he says, don't worry, God knows what you need. He will supply your need if you will trust him. But what you need to do is seek first his kingdom. What does that mean? He says, desire and seek the kingdom of God. That means seek God. Seek the presence of God. Seek the rule of God over your life, first of all. And then he says, and his righteousness, that's the second thing, that's his hand upon you. His righteousness means that you would live that life uh, that he wants you to live. And that's only possible with his hand upon you. So you seek his righteousness, you seek his hand upon you, guiding you in the right way, empowering you to live that life. And so we see those two things there. As you seek the Lord, you will also he also releases his strength, his righteousness in your life. Then, if you do that, then all the other things will be added to you. All the things you need in your natural life, that will be a byproduct of that. But you seek the Lord. Don't be like the heathen who seek the things. You see, Jesus presents seeking God first as the key, actually, to overcoming worry in this passage. Rather than living a worried life seeking the natural things that you don't have, just seek God. And what will happen as a result is, you, the peace of God will rise up in your heart. The hand of the Lord will give you that inner strength, that inner peace, and you can put the worries aside. Because he says, if you seek God first, the next verse says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. So when you seek God, the hand of God comes on your heart. And the hand of God actually includes the positive power of the peace of God which will enable you to cast away your worries and just rest in the assurance that your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things and he'll provide those things for you and so you can just trust him in that. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you and so as you seek God you will have the power of peace rising up in your heart that will protect you against worry. And that's exactly what Paul says in Philippians. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, seek God. Bring everything to God. And if you do that, then that, what will happen is, that he says, the peace of God, that's a power coming out of your spirit. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That means the peace of God comes from the spiritual realm that's deeper than your understanding. The peace of God, that's the hand of God coming upon your heart. Like that hand filling the glove. The peace of God fills your heart, strengthens your heart, it says. And it says it will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. That means it will protect your heart and mind from worry and fear. Because you sought the Lord, his hand, his peace, fills your heart. So the key way you can know, if you're not sure, is the hand of the Lord upon me? Have I sought God and, and let his hand be on me? He says, you know it, because the peace of God will fill your heart. If you are not in, in peace, uh, if you don't have that peace of God in you, then you, you have not put your heart in his hand enough. You, you need to seek God until you know that his, his hand is upon you strong and keep keep your heart being lifted up to God and then you'll know the peace of God as it says in Colossians let the peace of God rule in your hearts and so it's you have to let it you have to seek God and let his hand come upon your heart and let that peace rule in your heart another benefit of seeking God is that the love of God will fill your heart. It says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit who's given to us. So as we seek God, His hand comes on our life and that hand includes that His love will start filling your heart. Another benefit of seeking God is His joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy and peace. All these things will begin to fill your heart. We read already in Psalm 105, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. And Psalm 40 agrees, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. So another product of seeking God and putting your heart in his hand is is that joy will be released. It will cause joy to rise up in our heart as it's filled with his presence, you see. When we seek God, we lift up our souls into his presence. And in his presence, the Bible says there is fullness of joy. Psalm 86 says, rejoice rejoice the soul of your servant. Fill my soul with joy, in other words. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. So as you lift up your soul into his presence, his presence fills your heart with joy. And there is fullness of joy. As Psalm 16 says, you will show me the path of life In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, or I think better, in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So in God's presence is fullness of joy. In his hand are eternal pleasures. And so the more we put our heart in his hand, the more we'll experience his joy and those pleasures and his wisdom. And it says that wisdom will guide us in the path of life. You'll show me the path of life. And the key is that we get ourselves into his hand. Another benefit of seeking the Lord is his strength coming into our heart and our life. Isaiah 39, he says, What do you say, O Jacob? And speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is passed over by my God. In other words, people are complaining about God. God, you're not helping me. You've forgotten me. But the problem is, as God's about to point out, is that they haven't sought God. And so they haven't allowed him to work in his, their life. And God then rebukes them and he says, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength, even... The youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. And here's the key. But those who wait on the Lord, those who seek the Lord, shall renew their strength. And so as we wait on him, he will increase our strength. The hand of the Lord will come upon us, and he will give us his strength. We will renew our strength. That literally means we'll exchange strength. His strength will become our strength. His hand comes into us and strengthens us and as a result they will mount up with wings like eagles they'll run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint and again he says keep silence before me seek me o coastlands and let the people renew their strength how by waiting on him by seeking him let them come near he says let them come near to god let them come near and then let them speak in other words don't speak out your own vanity. Come, draw near to God. Receive his strength and then you speak. Another benefit of seeking God is life. Life for the heart. Whereas we bring our heart into his presence, he fills it with his life. Amos 5.4 Thus says the Lord, seek me and live. Psalm 69 The humble shall see this and be glad, and you who seek God, your hearts shall live. I love that. We come alive in the presence of God. As we put our hearts in his hands, you see, he's able to change our heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Um, he's, he's able to change, our heart of stone, you see, is unable to contain his life. Uh, he wants to change it to a heart of flesh. Ezekiel gave that wonderful promise, didn't he? I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You see, it's talking about two things here. First of all, a new spirit. That's the new birth. Now, that happens instantaneously when we receive Christ. But and receiving a new heart is a process because the heart is in the soul, the heart is the deepest part of the soul and we, we, that is a process where our heart of stone is changed to a heart of flesh. The key is my spirit within you, I will put my spirit within you. You see now at the new birth the Holy Spirit fully indwells our spirit, every part of our spirit and that creates a brand new, new creation in our spirit. That's, that's a perfect job. But the heart, on the other hand, is in the deepest part of the soul and it's a process whereby we let our, the Spirit of God indwell our heart. Whatever part of our heart we allow the Spirit to, to, to indwell, the hand of the Lord, then that, the heart changes from stone to flesh. Talk about the heart very quickly. It's the deepest part of the soul, and Hebrews 4.12 says it's at the division of spirit and soul. So it says, the word of the Lord, God is living and powerful, sharp than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow. The joints and marrow are pictures in the physical of the soul and spirit. See, the joint is doesn't have life in it, but it's a connector. That's like the soul connects the spirit and the body. But the marrow um, is, is like the spirit because the marrow produces the blood, it produces life. And so life is in the spirit and the soul is the transmitter of that life to our body. And it says in the same way the heart is at the division of spirit and soul because it says that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So notice he says the heart is at the division of spirit and soul. It's, it's placed to be in the soul, but at just in the presence of the spirit, so that it can receive life from the spirit and release that life into the rest of our body and life. So as the natural heart of flesh is designed to pump our life blood to every part of the body, so our spiritual heart is designed to pump the life of God coming from our spirit to every part of our being. So our heart is the organ In other words, that believes and receives life from our spirit and then it releases it into our lives. So it's essential to keep our heart in good condition. As it says in Proverbs, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And So a heart of flesh here is a healthy heart full of blood and it corresponds to our spiritual heart being full of God's life. Whereas a heart of stone is a heart that's dead, and when our, if our natural heart loses its softness and becomes hardened, it can no longer pump our life blood anymore. And so if our spiritual heart, or part of our spiritual heart, becomes, uh, goes out of God's presence, it becomes hardened in unbelief, and it cannot receive the life of God. And God promises, though, that he can change our heart of stone into a heart of flesh. He he says he does it through his spirit dwelling in us. So the more we let his spirit, the hand of the Lord, into our heart, the more he'll change our heart of flesh to a heart of heart of stone to a heart of flesh. So the more we seek God, put our heart under His hand, um, He will then change our stony heart of unbelief into a believing heart full of His love and life. And that's why the Psalm said, "You who seek God, your hearts will live." It's a, it's, a, it's a bit like in the, the, the Lion, Witch and Wardrobe, Aslan, the Lion of Judah. You know, the evil witch turned the people and the animals to stone. But when Aslan, who's a picture of Jesus, breathed on them, they all come to life again. And so when we're bewitched by the world, by the lust of the flesh, eyes, the pride of life, our heart gets stone, turned to stone. But when we allow the Lion of Judah to breathe upon us, his spirit... Our hearts turn to hearts of flesh, full of blood, full of life. And so for the sake of the health of our hearts, we must seek the Lord. If our hearts are empty and wrong, then our life is going to go down the drain. Let's look at, quickly, finish with some promises to those who seek God. Uh, We can know that our life will be changed for the better. It says in Hebrews, he's a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. Psalm 34, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Blessing. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Another w- benefit is wisdom. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself as I hear I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So if we seek God's will, God in our life, then he gives us right judgment and wisdom. If you truly seek God with all your heart, he promises he will be found by you. He'll reveal himself to you and his hand of blessing will come on your life. Deuteronomy, he says, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, God's plans for your life are good but you'll only discover them if you seek God with all your heart. Jeremiah, he says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But it's not automatic. It's not going to happen automatically, because he says, this is what you must do. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I'll bring you back from your captivity. This is God's absolute promise that those who seek God... We'll find him. If you set your heart to seek God, there's no way your life will not be changed and move into divine empowerment. As Jesus said, Ask and keep on asking and it will be given you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the Word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. Prosperity is a controversial subject. But here in my book called Biblical Prosperity, I give a balanced teaching of the word of God. That God wants to prosper us, but also the purpose of prosperity is that we can be a blessing. And so if you want a biblically balanced teaching on prosperity and how you can move in the abundance of God for your life, let me recommend this book to you on Bible Prosperity. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515 086